that's part of what we do when we coach people is really try to get them to treat their business as a business and not just a side hustle where it's just a scam. Because yeah. you're absolutely correct. If you don't have any financials to show, if you're not claiming any money, you're going to go to buy a house and they're going to be like, yeah, how are we going to loan you any money? You're going to be crippled financially. Welcome to the Land Life Podcast with your host, PJ Riley. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Land Life Podcast. My name is PJ Riley. Um, like I always say, guys, if you're getting value from this podcast, please hit pause right now, right this second, and leave a review. Leave any any length of review. One sentence is fine. I really like the podcast. His guest today, Dan, was really cool. Um, something like that. It doesn't really matter what you're right. Guys, do me a solid. It really helps us out. Um, and guys, at the end of the podcast, if, if what Dan says resonates with you, and this is Dan's with two ends. Dan, the man with two ends. If, uh, if what Dan says resonates with you and you're like, you know what? I really want to catch up with this guy. I want to, I want to keep this conversation going. He's going to leave his information at the very end of the podcast so that you can kind of catch up and talk to him, email him, you know, shoot him a message or something like that. Um, that's how we do it. All right, Dan, how's it going, man? Absolutely fabulous. How are you? I'm doing great, man. What part of the country are you in right now? I am in uh, glorious San Diego, California. Oh my gosh, that's beautiful. Probably the best weather in the whole country. Yeah, they they say that it is. It was cold last night. We had the fireplace lit up. It did get down to about 50. Oh, brutal. Brutal. <laughs> How do you do it? 50 degrees? Uh, we'll rebuild. Yeah. <laughs> it's a national emergency. Um yeah, I'm in Denver and it's uh it's a lot colder than that right now. I think we were at 20 this morning. Yeah, so no, yeah, it's a little no way, man, you don't have to live there. You know, I, that's what I'm told. I, my wife said opposite, but that's what I was told. Yeah. Um, so Dan president of business development and a partner at owner's pride car care products. So that's the first guy I've ever met that is running a car care product company. So that's super cool. Um, also the host of a podcast owner's pride podcast, um, and your coaching guys, um, that are, that are, like maybe newer detailers, people aspiring to be detailers, uh, somebody, you know, in, in that world, you're coaching those guys to help them get better. So, um, Dan, kind of give us like a, a background on you, like who you are, um, what got you to the point we're at now? Well, I guess the most relevant for what we have going on here is, um, in my early thirties, I, I had, um, I had gotten out of rehab. I was a really big drinker and, um, I was kind of getting my life back together and I was waiting tables and playing music. And I really just didn't see myself going into the restaurant management field. I, I just couldn't really comprehend babysitting in, in that way. And I was getting to the point in life where being a musician, while it's really cool, being poor is just not really cool anymore, you know? That so it's true. So we, we kind of had to shift gears and um, I had um, just bought a new truck and one of my buddies next door neighbors had a mobile detailing business. He offered to do a Teflon sealant on that truck for me for like 300 bucks. So I watched him do it and I, I've always been, you know, kind of a tidy and and I like I, my brain can comprehend cleaning stuff, you know. And um, so he let me ride along with him for a couple of days. I had $1,100 and that was enough to get me some equipment and start on a detailing business venture. So as I did that, I worked seven days a week. So I, I had five days a week in a restaurant. 
And then my two days off, I would detail cars. I quickly learned I could make a lot more money detailing cars without having people run me around for a, a glass of iced tea um, by, and, and have my own business. So over the course of about a year, uh, as I got more detailing business, I would work less at the restaurant. And after about a year, year and a half, I went solo into my business, which I grew for about 12 years. And then I, um, I sold that. Um, yeah. took a position with another company in the space and worked my way up to vice president of business development. And then I had a, a unique opportunity where uh, owner's pride was one of my customers when I was with my last company and they decided they wanted to have their own chemical line. So they tapped me to come and be a part of this, you know, with a lot of connections and, and knowing how to set up one of these programs. And we're coming up on year number three. We launched right before COVID and it's just been exponential growth. It's been really, really cool. Wow. Okay. So you're working at a restaurant, not exactly what you want to do, you know, getting iced tea for people, like you said, it's not super fun. Um, and then you got this little hustle on the side, right? So what hours are you able to do that? If you're working, are you working days at the restaurant, like evenings? How does that look? So in that situation, I was the kind of the head waiter and I made the schedule. So I worked Monday during the night, Tuesday, Wednesday, lunch, Thursday, Friday were my set days off, Saturday, Sunday, lunch. Um, so I was able to, you know, just shift it around. And like I said, the more that I got detailing business, the less I would work at the restaurant and I'd just take myself off for another day. But predominantly, I was a mobile business the whole time. And um, the daytime was when I did my work and it starts to get dark outside. The dew starts falling and you can't really dry a car off. Yeah. It's pretty stressful though. I would imagine when you're working at a restaurant and you're like, you know, you're, you're moving around and then you get a call and, and somebody's like, I need you to detail my car. I well, it, th this, this was 2004. It was a different animal and a different landscape. So okay. when I started detailing, there was no Facebook. There was no social media. One of the biggest humps that I had to cross was I had to get a cell phone to have this business. So I, and I could not Rick. wrap. I couldn't wrap my head around it. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to get a two year contract. And if this business doesn't work out, I'm going to be stuck with this phone and I don't want one of these phones. Like in my head, there was just no reason to have this thing. Um, if, if funny now, if you don't know where it is for 10 seconds, it's a, you know, meltdown panic attack. Freaks you out. Tap your pocket every time you leave the house. <laughs> yeah. All right, it's in there. Oh, thank God. Like, what will I do if I leave the house and I don't have my cell phone? You know? Um, okay. So, so you're out. Um, you, you start your own business. You're running your own business and then you sell it. How were you able to build something that was sellable? So I, I know a lot of people will, they, they say they're in business, right? So you're, you're technically, you're basically just working a job. And when you leave, job's gone, right? How were you able to build something that was able to be sold? I mean, that's like the, the highest level of business. That's what everybody aspires to do. But how were you able to do it? So part of that, and you're absolutely correct, you a lot of the guys can run this as a side hustle and not treat it like a real business. However, if you treat it like a real business and you're tracking your money and you're not just like trying to get cash and tuck it all away and hide it. So you look like you're not making any money to, you know, be, and, and, and you have a really nice book of business and years in the industry. Um, I, and being as who I was in the industry and going to the other company that I was with, 
um, it, it just, it made it an easier path for me to be able to sell that. But that's part of what we do when we coach people is really try to get them to treat their business as a business and not just a side hustle where it's just a scam because yeah. you're absolutely correct. If you don't have any financials to show, if you're not claiming, if you're not claiming any money, you're going to go to buy a house and they're going to be like, yeah, how are we going to loan you any money? Or you're going to try, you know, to get a, a anything you're, you're going to be crippled financially. Yeah. You're going to pull up in, in your Porsche. You're going to be like, but look at my car. It's really nice. I'm rich. Like, no, <laughs> the paper based on, on your, uh, on the papers here, you're not rich at all. You're not making any money. And, and I know a lot of people it's, it's like, um, alluring to, to not keep good books because you don't want to pay all your money in taxes and you, know, you don't want to lose it. But, uh, like you said, when you go to sell something, we would come across self-storage facilities a lot of mom and pop self-source facilities. And it's a little off topic, but the um, they wouldn't keep books. They, everything was cash, 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 mm-hmm. cash, cash. So in the end, when you go to buy something like this, these guys tell you, oh, it's worth a million dollars. And you're like, no guys, it's not. It's not worth even a quarter of that. Like it's not worth very much at all, actually. And it's surprising and it shocks them. And then as a person who's been building this job business, for all these years, you got to dump it off now if you want to sell it for a quarter of what it's worth, what you think it's worth. So it's it's pretty frustrating. So it's really, really impressive that you actually got to, to do it. Yeah, I, I was in a unique situation as well because I, I had to, you know, I wanted to be moving into working for the company that I was at before here. And a guy named Dustin Wharton here in San Diego, he was moving here from Colorado and he was an installer for one of the people who were already in my network. So he actually wanted to work for me. And I said, I think I have a better idea. Why don't you just buy my business from me instead and take the whole thing over? So in in that case, and being where I was positioned in the industry did make it a lot easier. A lot of times, if you try to sell a mobile business like this, you know, there's no guarantee that the customers are going to want to keep you because you, you develop a really tight relationship personally with them. But I'm happy to say most of the, a lot of the customers that um, Dustin bought when he bought my business seven years ago are still with the company. Nice. They're still with him now. Nice. So that's awesome. And that people, was in, that's in San Diego, correct? Yes. Everything's in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, Owner's Pride, are, the company is in Omaha, Nebraska. Okay. Now you're detailing pro, uh, currently though in San Diego or it, it's all the work is being done in Omaha? I don't know that I understand that question. Oh, <laughs> so the actual <laughs> detailing work that's being done is so, that- so We work with like Dustin Wharton, who bought my business, has a detail shop here in San Diego. We work with detailers all over um, the United States and Canada, and we're about to start branching out more globally. Um, we do have distribution in Mexico also, but we work with detailers from all over the country wow. in our network. Okay. okay. And we, we have close to 500 installers in our network in the United States. No kidding. Canada. So it's all over the place. Yeah. That's crazy. Okay. So you get with this, this company, you're, you're working with owner's pride now. Um, why, I, I guess you, you said it was to, to develop a new chemical product. Is that correct? So we came into a space that's pretty darn crowded. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of what you do is with your branding and trying to take products that you already like in the space and take them to your chemist and say, I like this, but I want it to do this and this. Like we we have a product called Owner's Pride Eco Wash. That's a rinseless wash. 
it's dilutable twice as dilutable as anything else on the market. So it's like 512 to one, which is phenomenal. None of the rinseless products on the market make a foam. So we, we had them make ours with emulsifiers in it that make a really thick foam. So it kind of does something different than what's already out there. Yeah. Although you're putting similar things into the same space. And, and you know, to win that, that war branding and, and over the top customer service. Yeah. Okay. So real quick, then you have a chemist. <laughs> so first of all, that's very, uh, that's, that's not normal for most of the people that, that listen to this podcast or that are on this podcast are guys that sell houses <laughs> or, you know, they own, they, they have some sort of brick and mortar company or some online business, but you have a chemist. So to say that is it's different. It's a lot. Different. How do you come across? How do you how do you come across a chemist to work with you? Well, um, with our, with the manufacturing partner that we have, um, and you know, when you're in this industry and you know at at this level, uh, it, it's it's just not that outside of the yeah. of the norm, really. Like it's not it's not that incredibly odd to me. And interesting, you guys who are selling houses and have your brick and mortar businesses, you know, you're seeing a little bit about how the sausage is made uh, by the guy who's cleaning your car. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, pretty, pretty interesting. So okay, so you, you're running the company now. Um, how big is this company? What are we talking about? How many employees do we have here? Um, you guys are located in Omaha. You're physically in San Diego, though. So is it all virtual work? Um, for me, yeah, I'm traveling I'm going to Houston tomorrow to teach a clinic. I do a lot of traveling and, and teaching classes and clinics. Um, a lot of going back to Omaha quite a bit. I get, yeah. I get my fair share of Omaha. Um, we have, gosh, four, four, there's four main partners. Um, uh, about 15 people. Okay. I guess if you kind of cover the, the whole. Yeah. Okay. So that's, that's. I mean, it fairly lean when you're developing, when you're providing services for the entire continent, really. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's pretty, pretty good of you guys to tighten it up. Be surprised. A lot of these companies are are actually quite small. A lot of the, um, the chemical companies in this space, even some of the ones that have been around for years and years, they're surprisingly run on a lean. Yeah. Well, I would, I would have expected like giant factories full of hundreds of people building these, making chemicals. I don't know why it's, it's like almost (laughs) like a, uh, like a cartoon in my head, this, all this big factory and Bunsen burners and, and, and beakers and, you know, things spinning around. I, I don't know. I, when I hear chemistry and, and chemicals and all that stuff, that's what I'm thinking of. I tell you, I've been to where, we, where all of our stuff is manufactured and they have, you know, big cylinder bins that are, I don't even know how big they are, but like 20 feet tall and, and, 15 feet around, you know, great big manufacturing facility. Don't fall it's actually a, a tier one manufacturing facility. Um, and they make products also for NASA and the military. No kidding. Yeah. And OEM. So it, it's, we have a, a really big partner in that part. Okay. So let's shift gears a little bit. You're a coach, you're coaching guys, you're coaching new people. So if I were to come to you and wanted to be a, wanted to be in your industry, what would that look like? So we work both with guys who are very established in the industry and they come and they start to sell our products. Kind of one of the things that really makes us stand out from everybody else in this space is we offer a compliant warranty program. And by compliant, I mean, we sell the same warranties that you would get at a car dealership, 
that have an actual third-party admin and a third-party insurance backer with an aggregate tied to it, um, an express written warranty that's very clear about what it covers, what it doesn't cover, how to make a claim. Um, and the, those are all regulated by the Federal Trade Commission in the Magnus and Moss Act of 1975. That's um, and, and so we work with guys that are selling these warranty programs as well as using our products. Um, we can also work with people who are brand new getting into the business. Now, what I find really interesting is that it's a, a fairly low threshold to start an auto detailing business. Yeah. Um, it's not really heavily, heavily regulated. There is the International Detailing Association, which is kind of has a guideline set you know to kind of be like the uh like they have for the mechanics um but it's just it's just really not and even the guys who who have been in business for a while the business side is often kind of lacking so we really start with trying to drive the fundamentals of like as simple as utilizing a crm and having a sales process okay yeah, I, I notice a lot of new people don't have bookkeepers, right? A simple bookkeeper. How much that can change your game, man? You you finally you have no idea what you're bringing in and what you're what you're losing. You think in your head, well, I spent about fifty bucks on that. I made about one hundred and fifty bucks. I got a hundred bucks. You don't have you haven't looked at all the little details. And having a simple bookkeeper can can absolutely change everything. Um, so you're coaching people on actual business building as well, not just. Hey, here's what you do on the car. Here's what it looks like. You know, here's a product to use. Yeah. So I, I really, I, everybody comes to me and they're like, Dan, I need my phone to ring more. We need more leads coming in. And I say, okay, we got to wait a second. If we don't have a, a, a CRM to organize all of the leads that we're going to gather yeah. and a way to follow up with them and to run an email nurture campaign and, and you don't have a solid system in place for the follow-up of a sales process, then you're just going to spin your wheels. As a matter of fact, I've had people who come and they take a business coaching with me and they don't do the homework that they have to do. And I, I always say this, you could go to any of these people, Gary Vanderchuk, you could have Mark Cuban be your business coach. The only thing they can really do is kind of give you ideas and point you in the right direction and nudge you. Like yeah. you have to do all of the work yourself. And that's some of the uncomfortable, you know, kind of crappy part setting up a CRM. And I think a lot of the guys, they get overwhelmed with it and it, and it slows them down. But you watch the people who actually do follow through and they, and they make it happen. And then it turns into they've hired another employee that is basically never going to ask for a raise and works 24 hours a day. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, now it's time to start pumping your marketing and working on that side and, and getting it filled in. Do you guys, uh, do you ever use virtual assistants or anything like that? Any sort of automation, um, any of those types of things in the, in or So, so when you're coaching a new guy, you're like, okay, you got your CRM set up. All these leads are coming in um, at, versus you manually entering that have a virtual assistant. It goes to a virtual assistant they enter everything so you can just see um, kind of who's come in, what their phone number is, just start calling those people. Yeah, ideally they're going to set this up. So they run social media ads, people click on the ad, they enter their information onto a landing page. That's going to feed directly into the CRM and it'll alert them, they check those the next day, the mail gets delivered, you know, all of those kind of things. So all automation, tons of automation. Uh, yeah, because I like that idea, automate, delegate, get rid of it altogether. 
that yeah. kind of idea. Um, yeah. So we, for me personally, automation was a big game changer and delegation, uh, bringing on virtual assistants, people to deal with all the little things that I didn't want to have, or I didn't have time to deal with. You get 40 emails come in and they're all people saying, I want to, you know, work, do business with you. And then you're trying to keep in your mind, okay, I have to call this guy, this guy, this guy. I just have a virtual assistant drop in. They, they pull that information, put it into my uh, CRM system and it's boom, 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 one after the other. Here's what they said. Here's what they want. Here's their phone number. And it makes things a lot easier. Uh, when, you're, when you're new, you don't know any of that stuff. You know, I know I like to work on cars, right? I like to clean cars, right? I like to make cars look nice. That's what I like to do. Every day I like to get up. I make your your dirty looking car the nicest car on the block, right? Yeah. So they don't understand. So it's 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 really cool of you to uh, to be able to help these guys. Yeah, that that's really my passion in the business, and it, and it kind of falls back, you know, at that point into like the e myth, where yeah. you got to put down that polisher and you got to move into a management and to get to a true entrepreneurial position, you can't be the guy who's doing every single one of those things it's just impossible to scale and do it all yeah yeah you're absolutely right okay what about social media so you said you're doing um they, these guys are doing advertising uh in the social media world how important is that uh in in the way you're coaching these guys well it's absolutely huge i mean you got the, the difference advertising um you have your google adwords and your google stuff and that's people who are directly looking for getting their car ceramic coated and they might search for using those keywords. So you have to have those, that part of your thing set up. So it goes to your website and then you have to have your social media. That's going to be a little more fancy looking to catch people's attention because social media is more somebody sitting on the toilet, flipping through their you know phone. So you yeah. got to do something because their attention is being tried to grab from so many different places. So social, they're two different animals um, and you have to do both of them really. Okay. Okay. Um, so are you, are you guys, are you saying, you know, make a video a day, make five videos a day? You know, I always see like certain people like Gary V or I don't know, there's a lot of them out there. We, we've all seen them on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and all that. They're like, Hey, you got to do five videos a day, 10 videos a day. Like what, how many do you have to do? Well, I think first you have to really figure out who your car is to know where the videos are going to go and what even message that you're going to have. I'm, and I think a lot for like the ceramic coating, which is really the biggest profit place. It's a, it's a higher ticket item or paint protection film, which is also really huge. And it's not unreasonable for somebody to have a six, seven, $8,000, you know, ticket when they get paint protection film and ceramic coating put on their car. It's for big. one car, for one car. And I'm telling you, this stuff happens every day. It's absolutely. So say that one more time, $8,000 for one Ceramic coating. Say you have a new C8 Corvette, you get um, paint protection film put on the entire outside and ceramic coating. You're probably looking at seven or eight thousand dollars. No, can you explain that for a second? Because I I looked when I was looking you up, I saw ceramic coating. So all I know when I see ceramic, I think of I don't know little figurines and stuff like that. How does how do you coat a car with ceramic material? Yeah. So this has been one of the biggest innovations in the auto detailing industry. It's taken an industry where, you know, when I started, if you did a full detail and it took you four or five hours and you made $250, you had a good day. Mm -hmm. Now your, your products are going to be more expensive for this, but the profit margins at the end of the day, a, a seven year ceramic coating is going to 
not be sold for under a thousand dollars easily. Um, and what it is, you clean the paint as, as well as possible. So you do a decon wash, you wash the car, then make sure that you've removed all of the fallout that's embedded into your clear coat with um, chemical and manual processes. Then you make sure there's no minerals on the car. You polish the car to the customer's desired level of perfection. Use a paint prep product to assure there's no residue or wax or anything left on there. Then they put the um, ceramic coating on. Ours is a, um, a solvent-based chemistry. So we say lay it wet and let it sweat. But essentially what you do is you put a wet layer of coating onto the panel or the, you know your substrate. All of the ceramic makes a chemical silicon carbide crosslink and the solvent carrier beads up on top and you wipe it off. And what it is, it's a, a really thin layer that's a chemical crosslink. So it actually becomes part of the paint. And it's much more resistant to acids, enzymes, UV fade. Your dirt releases, um, or your dirt, your paint releases dirt much easier. So over time, you have less marring on the paint. Um, if you want something that's going to stop rock chips and, and that kind of thing, that's where you go to the paint protection film, which is an eight mil thick um like vinyl that that adheres to the car and it's clear and um that's for those kind of impacts wow okay so guys if you're listening to this and you this is your you're thinking this might be something you want to do call dan because this is like uh i'd never even heard of this and i had no idea uh seven to eight thousand dollar Per one car, does that take? Does that take a full day, or is it? We talking a week? How long? No, this is probably going to take a couple of days. If you're going to do a full paint protection film and ceramic coating, now the now the cost of just a ceramic coating is you know considerably less than that. The paint protection material is very expensive, and it takes a whole bunch of it to go onto a car. Um, with the ceramic coating, you can generally get that done in a day. It might take stit overnight if it's raining outside or something. So you want to keep it dry for a day. But then you're going to have, you know, a, a warranty program that backs it up in case a bird poops on there and etches into the paint or you get water spots all over it. You have fuel spills all over the side of the car, um, bug guts, faded paint. Um, so it, it really covers all of those things. And having the compliant warranty makes it as simple as calling a 1-800 number, filing a claim, and they will find somebody to adjudicate your, your problem, you know, fix your problem, make you whole. Anywhere in the United States, even if you get your job done in San Diego and you move to the middle of South Dakota and there's no owner's pride installers around, they're, they're going to find somebody to fix your problem for you. So and owner's pride will do that. Yes, our, our okay. admin and our insurance. That's really what makes us unique. Most of the companies in our space don't have a compliant real warranty with a third-party admin. So they're kind of more it's an implied warranty more so. And they just kind of run you around in circles, but yeah. I'm sorry. I digress. You go away. Hope you stop calling. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so when you, are you teaching people how to do this um, physically, like in, in a, in a workshop type setting as well? Yeah. I'm actually going to be in Houston, Texas this weekend um, doing a detailing clinic. So we have um, full detailing, like two day boot camps in Omaha a couple times a year where it's a certification training for our installers, where it's really a two day training. That's two full days where we are very hands-on and we go in depth and we touch on all of the business stuff. Uh, what I'm doing this weekend in Houston is a clinic. So it's a considerably lower cost one day clinic, uh, but we'll go talk about our products, talk about proper procedures. We'll get down and polish a car, you know, with probably 10 or 12 people working on it. So it'd nice. be like a NASCAR pit crew. 
and uh right. yeah really yeah, fun. Like test cars in there just like uh old honda civics that have been like we got to work on this one because just in case oh. anybody messes up yeah i get well you, it's always good to have a couple panels that you can work on or yeah. an older car, especially if you're going to be teaching wet sanding or something like that. You can't just be going, going crazy. Let's all go crazy on this Lamborghini over here. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it'll work out. I trust you guys. I'll be back at lunch. Yeah. Um, okay. So cool. What, so, you know, I'm a new guy in, in Houston. I'm hearing this. What is that? What's this going to run me? What would, uh, what training with you, coaching with you run me? Um, this, uh, clinic, the one day clinic is $149. Oh, that's not bad at all. No, no, no. It's a, and, and you get lunch. We get to sit down and break bread together. Yeah. That's, and you know, what's funny. Networking is probably the most important part of business. Yeah. Networking, talking to people that have done it, asking their, asking them questions, hearing how they talk, hearing how they act with, with other people. Like networking is so important, especially if you're a new person, you're like, I have no idea what to do. You know, you're sitting there watching Dan talk to, you know, all his buddies and and it, you're learning so much stuff. Networking is super important. Yeah, that's a, we have um several trade shows for detailing. Uh, and I tell that to some people and they're like, for detailing, are you kidding me? But yeah, absolutely. We got Mobile Tech Expo, Southern Detailers Conference, SEMA. Those are kind of the main ones where a lot of the guys gather. You get to be around people, network, as you said, um, be around like-minded people. Um, you know, mm -hmm. do, do you have these in your, in oh, your, yeah. whatever your industry? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. We go to, we're in networking groups all the time. Um, so it's, it's a lot of in-person. I, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of the zoom calls, but I'll do those too. You know, um, real estate, it's really easy to find those types of things. Because everybody and their brother is a realtor these days, you know, so you're going to find a lot of them. Um, good ones, really good ones. You kind of have to, you know, do a little bit of work. Um, you want to find those those groups where the people are, they're not just trying to sell you something, you know, yeah. where you walk in and everyone's cards, cards, cards. Here's my card. Here's my card. Here's my card. I can do this, this, and this. I'm like, all right, dude. Well, hi, my name is PJ. Let's start there. <laughs> I don't and know it, you, dude. I don't want to work with you at all. You know, let's, yeah, And you're let's, all there for the same reason. Yeah. Exactly. That's a, exactly. That's a given. <laughs> what are we selling, dude? What are we selling here? You know? Uh, yeah. So ne networking is super important. And it's not always the, the first connection. Sometimes it's that second, third, fourth connection. So you and I are talking, you know, we, uh, I, I find a guy that I know a guy that really needs his car detailed. So maybe I pass you on to him. Well, maybe that guy also wants to invest in your company or something like that. It's always that second, third, fourth connection. If you're constantly out there, you're building this huge network. And it's, it's more important than I think anybody realizes. It, so much of life is about who you know. It really, really is. Yeah, And a lot of times you may not be the guy getting something. You're the one providing a connection, right? So mm -hmm. Dan, I got this buddy, his name is Brian. You know, I think you guys would connect really well. Something comes of it, right? You know, something big comes of it. Um, honestly, I like those probably better when, when somebody can come back to me, they're like, dude, you hooked me up with that, that guy over there, man, we, we have this great deal together. We did this great business deal. Um, thank you so much. It's like, ah, oh, I feel so good about that. You know, it's like such a good feeling. And that's one of the things that doing these podcasts is really, really amplifies too. I mean, gosh, I, I, I've, I'm coaching a couple people who are actually in the travel industry and, um, you know, I'm kind of pointing them in the direction to do a podcast because, what an, what an easy way for them. I mean, all you got to do is talk about vacations and experiences and make a YouTube channel. And 
I know every time I go on vacation, I like will research the place and I'll look at videos on YouTube. I'm like, it's right here for you. You have a pretty, you know, you got to put effort in, of course, but the networking that you can get done on social yeah. media, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I want to talk about something too, really quick. Um, so you, you started just doing a, coaching uh, people in the detailing industry, but you've kind of branched out, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's super important that you find the niche you are good at and start there, right? Detailers. I mean, I can coach you guys. I can coach you guys. I can help you. You know, here's how you build a CRM. Here's how to network. Here's how to do all these things uh, outside of the actual application of the job. But then when you start to realize, okay, I'm really good at this. I can also use those same skills to help just about anybody. The downside is if you jump in and say, I can help everybody, no one's coming. No one wants yeah. to work with you, right? You can already show these people, here's my body of work. I've helped all these guys build these awesome companies. I've showed them this, I've showed them that. I can show you that probably the same thing too, if, if that'll be applicable in your business. Yeah, I'm definitely not um, trying to do, you know, get everybody from every industry and change to just that thing. I know where my passion and my, you know, my knowledge base really lies in the auto detailing world on yeah. holistically. But okay, one guy is a fraternity brother and one guy is one of my buddies from high school who are starting right. these businesses. And I just noticed that they were doing it and I reached out to them and, you know, just said, Hey, let's sit down and like talk about some stuff. And it's funny how much of the same concepts really, like you said, they just apply right over to another yeah. business. It's kind of the same, same thing, really. Yeah, absolutely. And um, so yeah, it's it, building a business is there's a basic fundamentals there. You know, you have to do this, you have to do this and it's not easy. I'm not gonna, I'm not trying to shortchange it or anything, but it, they're, they're very, they, they go across a lot of industries, you know, it's, um, you know, to, to run a mortgage business, you need a CRM, you need someone answering your phones or, or, or a way of getting your phone calls to you. It's the same as just about every other business there is. Well, and not easy or everybody would do it, but here, here's Absolutely. the thing. Anybody could do it. If you put your mind to it and you want to do something, you absolutely can do it. Um, yeah. I would think, but then again, maybe not, because I do know some people who just do not seem to have an entrepreneurial spirit, a bone in their body. Yeah. But yeah. Sometimes this is mindset shift too. You know, it's it's a lot about your mindset. If you're like, I, I know so there's a lot of people that don't feel they deserve to, to make more money, right? They just don't feel like they deserve it. I'm like, you absolutely deserve it. It's not a bad thing to make. Money is not a bad thing. Right when you're building a business and you're starting to actually make real money, it's not a bad thing. It just it kind of reveals reveals who you already were as a person, but it's not a bad thing. So if you're a good guy and you want to just start a business, build it up, make a bunch of money, and give it all away, <laughs> however you want to do it, it's, it a, it's, it's like guy. a game. I, I mean, yeah. the whole darn thing to me is like a game. And sometimes you you know you get sent to the penalty box and you got to <laughs> and it's frustrating, but the the amount of wins and and the feeling of victory. Um, I, I think unfortunately with business and maybe I would say more so in big corporate America, the only kind of unappealing thing is as soon as that month is over, it's a reset and like nothing that you did matters anymore. And yeah. that part seems a little, you know, I guess that's just our capitalist society and that's just the way it is, which it seems kind of like a bummer. Like you, you get very little time to celebrate your wins until you're on to the next goal. Yeah. 
Yeah, definitely take time to enjoy, to celebrate what you've done and remember where you came from uh, in order to enjoy that. I know it's, it's a, like you said, it's a game. It's this never ending thing. No matter who you are, you could be at the highest level and you're still like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> you know, I still yeah. don't, I, I, people look at you outside of, on the outside and they're like, wow, you're crushing it. You're making a lot of money. You're doing really well. You built this awesome thing. And you're like, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing. You know, I, I still talk to guys that are way up there, way above me, you know, that are like that. I'm I'm asking them for help. You know what I mean? It's you never really I don't know. Maybe uh, Elon Musk has got there. Maybe yeah, they're probably not. You know, he probably probably has the same the same thoughts and fears and <laughs> yeah. everything else, man. It's just people. He wakes up every day like, oh, no, what happened? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right, Dan, how can people get hold of you, man? Um, you could email me at D-A-N-N at ownerspride.com. You can check out the Owner's Pride podcast, which is available pretty much everywhere that you listen to a podcast. Um, a lot of the videos of the Behind the Buffer, which are uh, highlights of our detailers in our network are right there. You could call me at 619-952-4814 or the 1-800 number on ownerspride.com goes right to my telephone. And I would love to talk to anybody about having their car detailed if you have questions about car chemicals. Um, if you're interested in starting a detailing business, um, we can help you in any of those ways. And I have a I have a promo code. If you go, if you use Eco Wash the World. When you're checking out, you'll get an extra 10% off of anything that you buy on ownerspride.com. Awesome. Eco wash the world. Yeah. Real quick. Why eco wash the world? Sorry. What does it, what does that mean? So that's, that's our rinseless product. And um, I'm a big, big fan of it. I'm always saying my name is Dan E. Williams. The E stands for eco wash pH of seven. It's drought friendly. You can use like three gallons of water and wash your car. It's a safer way to wash your car. It's safe on all the surfaces inside the car, outside the car. You're not going to mess anything up. We use it in the house on our wooden travertine floors and stainless steel appliances. Ooh, that was my big, <laughs> my big eco wash plug, but you know what? I'm serious. I really like eco wash that much. That's awesome. That's really cool. That's really cool. All right, Dan, anything else we're missing? Anything I'm forgetting to ask you? No, I think we pretty much did it. We talked about some business stuff. Got some um, good stuff going, man. Yeah, man, I, I love it. We're, we're getting ready to head into year number three, and um, we're, we're really looking to expand more. We're starting our global expansion in 2023, a really big marketing campaign and a, um, a bigger marketing budget. So I think we will be eco-washing the world. That that's huge. Eco washing the world, man. You can't, you know, people say things, they have like their thing. They say, uh, eco washing the world's a pretty good one. Mm -hmm. That's Hashtag pretty wash the world. I like it. <laughs> Even the best. All right. <laughs> All right, Dan, here's the big question. Here's how we finish off every podcast. Here's the, it's, it's big. It's pretty intense. If you, Dan could buy land anywhere in the world, we are land life. We buy and sell dirt and trees. If you could buy and buy land anywhere in the world, where would it be and why? So I do keep an eye on my grandparents had a farm <laughs> in upstate New York. Uh, it's called Cambria. It's up by Niagara Falls area. Some of the best memories of my childhood come off of that farm. And um, the house was built in the early 1800s. It was a stagecoach stop and a post office. I would buy that farm 
and uh, not that I necessarily want to move to upstate New York for a permanent place to live, but I would yeah. I would absolutely buy that house and um, just cherish every moment that I could spend in there refeeling all of those memories. That's so cool. Yeah, because you got to get out of San Diego, man. You can't take that 50 degree weather. I know. It's brutal. It's torture. <laughs> don't they get like 40 inches of snow or four feet of snow or something like that up there? In, uh... I think they just had like six or seven feet all at once a few weeks ago. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know about that, man. Denver's not like that at all. So, but it'd be fun to have, right? You're gonna go up there. You're gonna spend your summers there. Spend yes. a few summers. Beautiful weather out there. It's, the trees are, are beautiful. Then they turn, right? You guys have good. Uh, uh, it's, it's technically New England. It's close to New England, right? Wouldn't it be? Close? Yeah, yeah. That's all upstate New York because it gets all that. The weather, yeah. the seasons, everything. It's just. San Diego is like the porridge that was just right. You know, it's a, it's seven. It's going to be seventy-ish and sunny. Dude, it is beautiful out there, man. You're a lucky man. All right, guys. Dan, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Um, guys, I'll see you next time on Land Life. Thank you. Bye.